Uh, how do you deal with people that make you upset inside the church? Because this is where we left off two weeks ago. We left off with Paul writing to the church at Galatia. It's like, you, you all need to get along better. Obviously, they weren't getting along for him to come out and say that. So the question is, is how do you get along better? I'm asking you. Anybody? What? See people through the lens of God, see the Spirit in them. That's a, that's a home run, yeah. And what did you say? So I heard over here? Time? Uh, well, there, there, there's two. You said time and then uh, forgive quickly. I, I think that those two perfectly related are the more you understand forgiveness and the more you understand you are forgiven, forgiveness happens quicker. Uh, if, you struggle, if you struggle with just the thought of forgiveness, it probably does take a lot more time to be okay with people. But he said... Just as I have forgiven you, forgive others. If you come to understand your own personal forgiveness in Jesus Christ, what He's done for you, it sure makes it easier to forgive others. Someone else? Yeah. <laughs> pray, as I always say, uh, pray for your enemies. Yeah, pray for, just, just pray for healing. Just pray for healing. Keith last week was up here and he did a message on lowering your expectations. Everybody has expectations of what they think should happen from person to person or situation to situation. And a lot of times those will disappoint you. So just begin by lowering your expectations. Makes a big difference. Anybody else? Uh, that goes along with what Vicky said. She said, uh, remind, remind yourself that people aren't what they do, uh, but who they are, who they are in Christ. Kind of, kind of the same thing. Cause a lot of times we'll, I'll do stuff that's stupid or make you mad or upset. And I just really want you to see me for who I am in Christ rather than what I do, because this is what we're talking about. Paul breaks it down here at the end of chapter 5. We left off in verse 15, so we'll pick up at 16 today. And I promise you, this is, <laughs> there's, a, there's obviously salvation. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who came and died on the cross for all my sins, past, present, and future, and I'm saved and I'll forever be with Him. Forever be with Him. There's nothing that changes that. My salvation is a lock. It's a for sure. Not 99.9, it is 100% for sure based upon what I sit here and read in the Scripture. So then you get to the point of living your life here on earth. How do you live your life here on earth? And this is, this is I think, where the church really struggles. Because 
I grew up learning it was about what we do. It was based upon the things that I did as a believer, and that's not the case. So this is what Paul is talking about. In verse 16 he says, I say then, walk. Some translations will say live. I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. It's hard. He's saying, it's hard for you to walk by the Spirit and do something that is contrary to the Spirit. Now, I'm going to get into a little controversy right here. Let's break this down. But uh, my translation right here says flesh. Says flesh. But if I were to go back to one of the most popular translations that was ever purchased, it would have to be the new international version that was put out in 1984. And in that version right there, what does it say? Uh, Go on to the next verse there, Jim. Uh, Next one. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Next verse. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. Let's break this down. Go back to my version. Please. Because what you have to know, this is, this is, this is the basics. Your salvation's good, but now let's live life. Let's live the Christian life. And because the most popular translation sold, the NIV, New International Version, 1984, took the word flesh and translated it to sinful nature, makes you believe that you have two natures inside of you. That's confused the church for years. Because everything that Paul has written, that we've studied, and everything that we've done in here for the last ten or so years, we've always said, you have one nature. You are born from the seed of Adam, and you were born evil. No one taught kids how to sin. They were just born with a sinful nature. And then at some point, you come to understand that Jesus is the Son of God, that He died for you, that His blood was poured out, His forgiveness of sins, that He was buried, He rose again, He went to the Father, and they sent this Spirit. And when you believe that, there's this total regeneration of who you are. A total makeover. I was eight years old. I didn't get it. But it happened. It says that he took my old heart out and put a new heart in, and he made me a new creation. He redeemed me. He forgave me. He made me holy. He made me justified. He sanctified me. My soul and my spirit has been redeemed because of what Jesus did. Nothing that I did other than believe. I believed on my own. Now get this, once I believed on my own, He gives me faith. Now my belief comes from Him. Lord, help me to believe. Initially, salvation, it was for me, but now I'm a redeemed, holy child of God with the Spirit of God living inside of me. And I have one 
nature. Just one. I don't have a sinful nature. Yeah, but Rusty, we've seen how you live. Yeah. I struggle. There's, look, there's a battle going on in here, but let me tell you where that battle is. That battle is here, not here. My heart is new. I'm a new creation. Can't change it. I'm holy. I've been set apart from the rest of the world because of what Jesus did. But I still struggle up here. But in that transformation when I was eight years old, he gave me the mind of Christ. In other words, I'm able to take this book right here. I'm able to hang out with people. I'm able to walk in nature. And I'm able to decipher what is true and what is not true. Because there's this, as Paul says in Romans, there's this, there's this sin that lives in my flesh. And I'm not talking about my flesh suit. In the Bible, uh, it refers to flesh in two different ways. One, the flesh suit. This is like temporary. But also there's this entity about me that deals with my, messes with my mind, my will, and my emotions, and things like that. And it's all based upon selfishness. It's reliant upon myself, which is how I was born. That was the sinful nature, and so there were patterns that were established before I knew Jesus. You with me? So I'm three parts based upon 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. I'm flesh, I'm soul, and I'm spirit. My soul and spirit is redeemed, but my flesh is not. And so because of that, look, you have to see it as a battle between the flesh and the spirit. Not between the spirit and a sinful nature because I don't have a sinful nature. It is not natural for me to sin anymore. When I sin, and I still do, I make bad choices, I get it. It's totally against my nature. And that's why it feels the way that it does. It may feel good at first, but then it's like, ah, that's not who I am. It's not who I am. It's not natural for me to sin anymore. And this is all he's saying to the church at Galatia. You've got to understand who you are. You've got to understand the difference between the flesh and the spirit. Not a sinful nature. I like what I know Matt doesn't like the message, but says something good here. This verse, it says, my counsel is this. Paul says, my counsel is this. Live freely, animated and motivated by God's spirit. Then you won't feed the compulsions of selfishness. That's literally what Paul's saying right here. You can be free, just be free in the Spirit. Just be free in the Spirit. According to R. Jewett, the flesh was Paul's term for his everything aside from God in which one placed his final trust. Did you hear that? He's saying that you place your trust in the Spirit. If you trust your flesh, it's going to be a tough journey. You're still saved. Look, we're not talking about salvation here. We're talking about the journey here. You're still saved if you follow the flesh. He's saying, 
everything outside of faith, Paul says this, everything outside of faith is sin. Hmm. Think about that. What is sin? Hmm. Everything done outside of faith. Everything done in my own self-power. Wait, I've done some pretty good things in my life under my own (laughs) self-power. You you hear what I'm saying? You can do good things. Things that society, the world looks up to and everybody gives you praise and honor and everything else, but if you're doing that in your own strength, guess what? That's sin. Everything outside of faith is sin. I said that I'm sanctified and it's because I don't have to go through my life trying to attain sanctification. I know that I'm sanctified because of what Jesus did. I think it's interesting here as he goes through the end of this, this chapter. Verse 16, he says, he, he says to walk in the Spirit. Verse 18, he says to be led by the Spirit. Verse 25, he says to live by the Spirit. And the second part of 25, he says to keep in step with the Spirit. He's trying to get a point across here. And then the, there's this big question is, well, what does that look like? Yeah, I've done that. No, really, what is that? What is walking by the Spirit, living by the Spirit, letting the Spirit do it in you? How do you know when it's the Spirit doing it instead of you doing it? How do you know that? Hmm. I really wish I could answer that for you. I, I'm not going to be the, the person who judges grace. Thank goodness. But uh, here's my answer. How do you know? Know the Father. Know the Spirit. When you know the Spirit, you know when the Spirit's leading you. You know when the Spirit is doing things through you. You know, watch this, you're not only seeking seeking wisdom, but you're letting the Spirit empower you. Huh. The Spirit gives you guidance, but then you actually let Him do it in you. That's a trip, my friends. That's a trip. Because your flesh will probably tell you, no, don't do that. No, don't talk to those people. No, you don't want to go there. Spirit may be saying, hey, let's do this crazy thing together. I'll do it for you. Just let me do it for you. On the other hand, it could be just the opposite. The flesh could say, hey, let's go do this. The Spirit's like, no, you don't want to do that. So there's a battle going on right here. Look, there's a battle going on right here right now in my head while I'm talking to you. Do they get this? Am I just like flapping my lips? Not my responsibility. If I'm trusting the Spirit, this is His deal. This is His deal. Like, I... I get it. I'll leave here and I'll talk to you and process what 
was discussed today, and it's like there were a hundred different messages preached today. And I only gave one. Because the Spirit is alive in you and processing this with you. That's a good thing. So, just to finish up that one verse right there. This is the case it becomes. If not only the Spirit gives you direction and empowers you, then it also is the Spirit's direction versus our selfish direction. It's the Spirit's power versus our selfish power. And this is where you have to be very careful. Because society does a wonder in making things of the flesh seem like the right thing. <laughs> you think about it for the acceptance of things today versus 10 years ago in our society. The kids up here don't have a clue what I'm talking about. But the parents back there are like going, oh yeah. Oh yeah. The acceptance not only of like 10 years ago, but maybe 50 years ago. Look, there's nothing new under the sun. There's no temptation which has seized you, which is uncommon to man, Paul says. It's all been done before. But our society begins to accept it, and we begin to like go, that's okay, it's okay, let's... I don't need to go through the whole list. That's why I'm saying, okay, then what's right? I think you have to know the Spirit. I think you have to know God. I think there's a Spirit living inside of you and He's capable of teaching you that. The Word of God is right before you. I think He gives you the mind of Christ to process it. To know what is to right and to know what is wrong. It's He's given you a, a new heart. You guys got Christmas presents galore. How many of you are the type that you sat down and read the instructions? Anybody? Nobody? Nobody reads the instructions? Yes, Dave, you're after a man after my own heart. That's the deal. He's like, get to know your new heart. Know how it functions. Know as a new creation how to live out of your new heart. Sit there and read and read and read. I watch, I absorb. How do you live out of your new heart? If you continue to live out of your flesh and your own self-strength, man, you guys are missing out on a victorious walk. In other words, you're going to walk around defeated. It says in verse 17, For the flesh desires what is against the Spirit. They are in battle. And the Spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other so that you don't do what you want. Look, they're not in a stalemate. The spirit and the flesh are not in a stalemate. The flesh does not frustrate the desires of the spirit. Rather, the spirit frustrates the desires of the flesh. That's a big deal. You have the ability to win. Christ died on the cross. He was buried. He rose again and gave you life so that you could break from the bondage of sin. 
so that you could break from the bondage of flesh, so that you could break from the bondage of doing it yourself. He did that. Here's the uh, bad news, good news. So as long as we remain present in this life right here, walking in these earth suits, we never outgrow or transcend, transcend this spiritual conflict that Paul's talking about. I'm sorry. You're going to deal with this battle the rest of your life. The rest of your life, it's there. The good news is, knowing this is the case, it literally gives you the ability to walk in victory. If you don't know that fact right there, you walk around defeated. I'm, Jesus said, you're going to struggle as you walk here on this earth. There's going to be all sorts of things. Just, I don't know if it's be okay with it, but just trust, trust the Lord because you have everything that you need. You have everything that you need. And if I know this is the battle, hey, you guys are struggling, I'm struggling, I can literally walk in victory knowing that he's already dealt with it, that he's overcome it. Verse 18. But if you're led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. <laughs> That's a great one. If you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. This is what Paul has, like, he's going back to the first four chapters there, and he's like, I, I told you about the law. It, it, law is not for you. It was for the Jews. You don't need the Ten Commandments up there because you have a Holy Spirit inside of you telling you what to do. If you don't completely grasp this battle, it's difficult to walk in victory. In fact, I believe that it will destroy you. It can destroy you. If you, if you try to live according to behavior, if you try to live according to the law, if you live according to legalism, it will destroy you. And so what now Paul is getting ready to do is he's stating the obvious. We did, a, uh, we did a bowling party here one time. And I was like sick and I couldn't make it. <laughs> so my wife was in charge. And people showed up from Levner that were, were wasted. And they uh, started bowling. They continued to drink, and it was just, it was bad. Just, you know, kids around watching. It was just, she came home, and she's like, we're never doing another bowling party again. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Keith was here and everything. I was like, what was the deal? What happened? He was explaining. I'm like, Michelle's like saying we can't do it. He goes, yeah, you can. You can do a bowling party. And sometimes you just have to say, hey, when we do a leavener function, it's probably not wise to show up drunk and to continue to drink. Sometimes you just have to state the obvious because people don't get it. And I believe this is what Paul's doing here. He's at this point where he's like, okay, now let me spell this out for you guys. This is what it looks like. If you're going to fight and argue among yourselves and you're going to cause all this disgruntlement in the church, let me break it down for you. I mean, 
it's easy to become judgmental to others while at the same time justifying our own issues, right? I'm sure Paul did not make a list. It's definitely not exhaustive for the purpose of analyzing our faults. So this list is not complete. Basically, these two lists indicate whether you're a believer or not. Watch this. Verse 19. Now the works, that's plural, plural. Now the works of the flesh, not the simple nature, but the flesh, are obvious. Sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, all dealing with sex, he starts out with. Idolatry, sorcery, hatreds, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger. You can just see him sitting here thinking of everything as he's writing this. Self-ambitions, dissensions, factions. If you're going to preach a different gospel, if you're going to teach heresy, if you're going to do something that's opposite. Envy, drunkenness, carousing, and anything similar. Let's just cover it all, etc. I'm warning you about these things as I warned you before, back in this previous He's like, you guys are upset with each other because you're doing... If you look at that list, it's like more than half of this list causes conflict with other people. Those those issues right there cause conflict. And he's like, if you're going to continue to do this, yeah, you're going to have problems. What do you expect? What do you expect? You're putting your selfish needs in front of others. Hello? It's about me. The world wants to tell you it's about you. You can do whatever you want. Huh. He says that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay, let's break this down. Those who practice such things, when he's saying practice these things, there's a Greek participle right there. I know, I know you don't really care about the Greek. But the proson, the proso is, is used in the present tense and it's referring to people who continually orient their lives towards the deeds of the flesh. Like, th- this is natural for them. This is what they do. This is what, look, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I would expect you to do that list. Because you were born from the seed of Adam. My expectations are you're going to fulfill that list. You're going to live up to that. Because that is natural for you to do that. And this is really what Paul is referring to here. He's like, that's what people who don't believe, this is what they practice. This is how they orient their lives focused on those things. Now wait. I thought you said this doesn't have to do with salvation. No, it doesn't have to do with salvation. Look, I believe that you all have salvation, but I've seen you do some of these things. I've done some of these things. We do some of these things. But what he's saying, that you do this, that you orient your life based upon these things. Yeah, I make some bad choices every once in a while. I mess up. But again, 
it's not natural and it's not what I practice on a daily basis. He's saying this is what they practice. This is what that looks like. If you want that life, if you want to chase the flesh, sometimes look, I'm a I'm a saint. I'm holy, redeemed, but sometimes I act out of my flesh, my own selfishness. I get it. I get it. And then he flips it. He's like, well, let me tell you what, it, what it's supposed to look like. But the fruit, Matt, I'm quoting you twice now today, not the fruits, it's just the fruit. One fruit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. The law is not against such things. Think about that for a second. If you do those things right there, you don't need the law. Now, wait a second. It's not about having each one of those items. Some of you are saying, I don't have that item. (laughs) I don't have patience. I don't have a peace. It's, It's not about having that list. It's about having the Spirit of God inside of you. Watch this. Watch this. It's about having the Spirit of God inside of you. And He produces the fruit. It's His patience. It's His peace. It's His gentleness. He produces it in you. And all of a sudden, the people that figure out this whole identity thing and they figure out this, this living by the Spirit rather than by the flesh, people go, oh, they're a different breed. I knew them before and they didn't seem too patient. They must be learning how to walk by the Spirit that resides inside of them. Hmm. Because not only does He make you a new creation, not only does He come reside inside, the holy living God lives inside of you. Not only does He come live inside of you, but He says, I'll do this for you. I didn't know that for a long time. I was really taught, hey, memorize the Bible. Do good. Get up and pray early. And pray before you go to bed. Ask for forgiveness. All those things. Paul's sitting here, there's a spirit that lives inside of you and he'll he'll do all these things for you. I don't have peace. No, but I got the spirit. And the spirit produces peace. His deal, not my deal. So if you see me get mad, you better talk to the spirit inside of me. <laughs> it's his deal. Really? That's the way I see it. Lord, I I I submit to you. I submit to you. I'm going to blow it every once in a while. I'm going to act on my flesh. The only thing that I'm the only thing that I'm responsible for is choosing to walk by the spirit. I have a choice. I always have a choice. Everything you have a choice. You either choose to walk by the spirit or choose to walk by the flesh and your selfishness. Choose to walk by the spirit. It's all Paul is saying here. Verse 24 he says this. 
Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If you go back to the first part of the letter in Galatians 2.20, says, I've been crucified. I have been crucified. I'm not the one crucifying. I have been crucified. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Again, there's no stalemate in this battle between the flesh and the Spirit. No stalemate. The Spirit has the ability to win. You, right here in this room, have the ability to win. To walk in victory. To to smile in the midst of chaos. Your world may be upside down situationally, but if you come to realize what you have inside, it's a game changer. He closes. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. If you got it, use it. I, you, he says in some other passage, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. People think that that means like don't sin because you make, make him mad. <laughs> What about the fact that you've got this holy living God inside of you and you're not relying on Him to live your life for you? What a bummer. You're missing out. That would grieve, that would grieve me. Like, I get it. I watch you guys get this and you can recite this, but then you choose to walk by the flesh and I, it hurts. Not because of what you're doing. It's just like, you're missing out on something incredible. <laughs> That's what hurts. He says, let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. If that's not the case, then what must we do? We must encourage one another. Get along. Love one another. Put your selfishness aside. See each other for what Christ has done in you already. I pause just for a second. Who in this room right here has been encouraged by someone else? I'll give you a few seconds to share real quick. How so? Nick is encouraged by the men here at Levner because they uh, obviously trying to lead a spirit-led life and seeking after him and encouraging him in the same way. Bells? Yes, sir, Mr. McCall. Yeah, we know.
Right on. Absolutely. Absolutely. I believe that's what the, the Spirit in a believer does is He reminds us, convicts us of our righteousness. Constantly reminding us. And so that would be the Spirit of these other people reminding you. Yes, sir. Yep. Right on. Luke, you want to speak about how he encourages you? <laughs> He's not going to speak on it, but let me tell you. No, 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 no. You've lost your opportunity. Don't do that to me. He talks about you all the time. He talks about how you come and you seek him out and you go through the, the Bible and you, you're passionate about figuring this thing out and that you are. Trust me. And it's encouraging. I, we hardly have any conversation other than, hey, hey, you know, as we're passing. But I know about your life because of this man and you encouraging him. Do you want to add to that or are you good? Anybody else? Yeah, Troy. Right on. Really? Uh, I feel like that was kind of a jab at the same time, but. Man. Yeah, the flesh. See the battle going on right here? It's like, do I say something or do I suck it up? I'll suck it up. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and jump. He's uh, talking about how we can walk in here and you're just overwhelmed with the, the love of this body of believers. For sure, for real. Now i got all sorts of hands going up. All right, i got four. I'm going to do, do you four with Amy first. Thank you. Winning Euchre partner. Danny. Yeah. 
Right on. Amen. Thanks, Danny. Jim? Tully. Jesus, uh, go ahead, Stu. Hope you heard all that, man. Yes, Marla. part of the family. Marla, they had a great idea in the back. You know, instead of taking an offering, we just pass out the checks. If you give everybody a check for the message this morning and they can just pay for the message. Just kidding. I'm afraid what that would look like. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for uh, one, what you've done in us and that you continue to do in us and that you you are the one that gets all this credit. Everything that is here and spoken about this morning has to do with you working in this body. And so we are thankful for that. That you are alive and well in your church. And that you love us deeply. You care about us deeply. That we can be expressive in what we receive from you. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.